I'm Dave. And I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 14 of The List Makers, where today's topic is top five guest stars. Mm. This could be wide. This could be wide. <laughs> this is, of course, our monthly mini podcast from the Doctor Who show. We're taking a top five topic. We're creating some lists with our top picks. We're going to go through each of them without interruption and then compare our lists. We're going to have a bit of a chat. Very loose, very fast. Welcome to our 14th episode. Rob, are you good to go? I'm good to go. I've I've got five guest stars and about seven runners-up, Dave, so I've got <laughs> loads to talk about. Uh, look, I've got six and a runner-up, so yes, we have got loads to talk about. <laughs> so uh, it's my turn to go first. I'll dive in. Yes. And I'm going to dive in and start by saying this is a broad topic. Uh, you, you could literally have thousands of picks if you wanted to. I set myself some very clear criteria which is the person in question had to be a name, uh, and not just that they had a name, but but they are a name. They are, a, that's that guy, or that's that person. And I also made it very clear that they had to be a one-off, non-recurring, non-regular character. So the master is out, and Davros is out, and all those sort of things. So genuine, like, our special guest today is, is, is kind of what I'm going for. Mm, okay. Number six, I'll be quick on this one because it was a brief appearance, but I had to have him on the list, and that is Bill Nye in Vincent and the Doctor. Although it's a very small role, and that's why I didn't really feel I could put him higher on the list, this is, more than any other guest star in the show, the moment of, wow, they got him. Bloody Bill Nye. Bill Nye has turned up, and unlike Stephen Fry, where it was just they, they advertised the pants off it, um, it was done very, very secretively, and so it was a real like wow moment. And, mm. and I think they also use him far better than they use Stephen Fry, who gets to turn up, be Stephen Fry for two minutes, and then get shot. Yes. Um, we didn't say before, Rob. How many snaps do you reckon we're going to go? We've both got long lists. Does that mean more snaps? Oh, if we include my my extras, yeah, we'll have snaps. Uh, we'll have snaps. Three or four. Three or four. Okay. Number five is a pick that is one that I'm a real fan of, and that is Thomas Sankster in Human Nature as Tim Latimer. Uh, Thomas Sankster, of course, has been in a number of movies. Uh, he was he played Paul McCartney in one of my favourite movies, Nowhere Boy. He turned up in Star Wars, although he only had four, lo- four lines before he was blown up. <laughs> uh, I believe he's well known for Game of Thrones now. He was the kid in Love Actually. Mm. So, like, this is a big name for someone so young. But again... He turns up in my favourite story of New Who. He gives a really mature performance. That that story kind of hangs off his performance. If he doesn't carry it, that story doesn't work. And so I really wanted to have Thomas Sankster on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that may be a little more unusual, and that is Fulton Mackay Ooh. as Dr. Quinn in The Silurians. Fulton Mackay, of course, very well known at the time, became even more well known when he became Mr. Mackay in Porridge. Yeah. Um, you know, would have been a household name by that point. But such a good actor. And again, that serial, The Silurian's favourite story of mine, my, my, in fact, my favourite story, yes. that story doesn't work if Dr. Quinn is both wicked and sympathetic. Hmm. And Mackay plays that so very well. He plays off Pertwee so perfectly. Uh, I think it's a wonderful performance. And and he would have been in 1970, that's that guy. And so I think he's worthy of mentioning. Uh, look, number three is my indulgent pick because I've gone with Paul Darrow in Time Lash. <laughs> <laughs> look, I know that some people hate his performance, but oh my God, he's, 
steals the story. He steals every scene he's in. He's totally correct when he says about Time Lash, turn up after my character gets killed. Nothing good happens thereafter. That is absolutely true. (laughs) It is memorable. And look, at the point, 1985, when he did that, he absolutely was, oh my God, that's Paul Darrow in Doctor Who. And uh, I think it's a really cool performance that, look, I can watch that show just for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Number two, another one that was a, wow, he's in this, and that is Richard Wilson as Dr. Constantine in The Empty Child. Yeah. Now, again, I was somebody who grew up, well, I'd say grew up watching One Foot in the Grave, but it was certainly on in our household. My dad particularly was a huge fan of it, and so I was very familiar with him. I'd seen him in other work. There's a wonderful telly movie that I've I've desperately tried to get a copy of for many years and, and not succeeded where he plays the leader of the, the Labour Party at the time they're out of office. And it's it's a really effective little sort of TV play. Oh, wow. Lots, lots of other things that he's done. Very famous actor. And he just turned up. No fanfare. No, hey, kids, it's Richard Wilson. Mm. He just turns up playing this really understated character so well and so brilliantly. He works well with Eccleston. His character works well with the Ninth Doctor. Mm. He gets the creepy moment when he gets turned into a... A zombie. He gets the funny lines at the end when he's talking to all the patients who've been de-zombified. Yes. It's it, it's a perfect performance, and just yeah, I I think it's so amazing that RTD got Richard Wilson back in yeah. the first season of the show coming back. Like, how much faith must there have been for Richard Wilson to do that? Yeah, exactly. Number one, this wasn't one that first came to mind, but when it did come into my mind, I I had to put him in, and then I found I had to put him in at number one, and that is Julian Glover in The City of Death as Scaroth, and of course in The Crusades as Richard I. Definitely a, oh my God, that's that guy. He's been a Bond villain. He's been in all sorts of shows. He's been in Rumpole, just (laughs) as as is many people, but, but he was in Blake Seven, he wasn't in the goodies. That's surprising. Mm. Um, but, you know, he was in everything and so good in this. And he is perfect as Count Scarlione, um, as Captain Tancredi, as Scaroth. Just that way he can flit between effortlessness of humour, just relaxed and understated wickedness and evil, his engagement with, with the Doctor, the way that he plays off Tom. And, and Tom is most gregarious and he underplays and balances that so perfectly, his relationship with the Countess. It's it's a wonderful, charming, funny, clever, scary performance. It's so good. And and he does the same thing 20 years before as Richard I in the Crusades, where, again, he's a powerful performance. He he goes toe-to-toe with Hartnell at, 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 at his peak. He goes toe-to-toe with Jean Marsh at her peak. An incredibly good actor, still acting today. And just an amazing performance. So Julian Glover was my number one. I did have a runner-up. I did have an honourable mention, but I'll let you make your list first, Rob. Okay, so far we have one snap, and that snap is in my runners-up. Okay, so uh, your top five are are, are snap-free. Yes, yes, they are pristine. Coming in at number five, I've put Timothy Dalton. Frankly, I couldn't believe my ears, or it was probably my eyes, when Timothy Dalton, you know, James Bond, Prince Baron, you know, so many cool roles he's done, was suddenly in Doctor Who, and he was bloody Rassilon. Although the story has gone on in time to sort of disappoint people and be downplayed, at that moment, Dalton, Rassilon, Gallifrey, (laughs) oh my god, it was a real moment, and I still can't believe we had him in the show. In at number four, John Cleese. 
being a Monty Python <laughs> fan, I can't not acknowledge that John Cleese has this tiny, tiny role in City of Death. And, you know, in some eras it would seem so weird and maybe even a bit out of place, but in this era in this story it's like oh it's John Cleese of of course it is you know it just feels so right and like Dalton although in a different sort of way I still can't believe this was really a thing in at number three I've put in Kari Mulligan now Blink is one of those stories that just emerged from nowhere and even on first viewing even before the episode was over you kind of felt like geez this is really quite good and at the heart of it was Kari Mulligan, because this was a Dr. Light episode. Uh, and unlike the two I've just mentioned, and the two I'm about to mention, we had no idea who she was at the time. But she's gone on to do so much. This is now an episode you can say to people, hey, watch this. Look, the Doctor's barely in it, and the main role is played by Kari Mulligan. And instantly you have them on the hook, because she's so well known and respected now. But at the time, she was a bit of an unknown, so that's pretty cool. In at number two, I've picked Kylie Minogue. (laughs) When it comes to, oh my God, I can't believe they got that person. I think Kylie's pretty up there. Of course, her profile in the UK was always bigger than it was here in Australia. Yeah. Even though it was pretty big here in Australia too. So that shows you how big she was in the UK. And look, there were always rumours going back to the 80s. I can remember writing these in fanzines at the time that somehow Kylie would be involved in the show or the stage show or, or whatever. But for it to finally actually happen, it's still pretty amazing. It's a real pop culture moment. And I'm, I'm glad it was captured at the time and not, you know, oh, now Kylie is in her mid-60s. Let's try and get her onto the show at last. No, they, they got her when she was still a pretty big major deal and, you know, and still looking great. So that's my number two. You've had some big names there, Rob. What's number one? Number one, Dave, is John Hurt. To me, it's a no-brainer, although in truth, you could probably name, you know, two dozen people at number one and they'd all make sense in some way. But John Hurt, you know, wow. I'm, I might not agree with the War Doctor concept, primarily because we had Paul McGann sitting right there and he would have been excellent, you know, as the man who destroyed Gallifrey. I mean, his doctor did it in the yeah, eighth yeah. in the eighth Doctor Adventures. Spoilers! You know, so for people who say, oh, I couldn't see the McGann Doctor doing that, he already did it in the bloody novels. Go and read the eighth Doctor Adventures. But I digress. John Hurt, here for me, Dave. That's a really strong list. Uh, look, before we talk about each other's lists, I'll just throw a couple of my honourable mentions out there. Um, the one that I couldn't quite squeeze in was Peter Butterworth as the monk. Uh, and not because it wasn't a great performance, not because he wasn't a big name, but because he, he was never a big name for me. Mm. Um, I, I, I have learned that Peter Butterworth was a big deal in the 60s, but I, I didn't really live that. Um, and, and one that just came to mind when you mentioned John Hurt is, of course, Derek Jacobi. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, and indeed, Brian Blessed would be another sort of big name that, that was out there, because I, I guess I'm now just listing emperors <laughs> for my Claudius, um, and George Baker as well. Um, so yeah, look, look, some really good names there. Who, who were your honourables, Rob? My honourables were Stephen Fry. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Of course, yes. Bill Nye. There's our snap. Yep. Ian McKellen. Only in a voice, but he did the voice of the great intelligence. Oh, so he did, yes. Yeah. Olivia Coleman, and she's in everything. Uh, Anthony Head. And Helen yes. and Helen McCrory for the Peaky Blinders people. Yes, Polly from Peaky Blinders was in Doctor Who, Helen McCrory. Yes, Anthony Head was definitely a big one that I, w- I was a big fan of, and that could easily have been on my list. So, yeah, some interesting ones there. And interesting, Rob, that I think your picks are very reflective of who you're a fan of, and I think my 
picks probably are very reflective of who I'm a fan of and who were, were sort of big resonating deals mm. for me. Um, look, I totally understand that Timothy Dalton is a big deal, but I've seen half of one of his Bond movies, so oh, okay. it, it, it wasn't personally a big deal for me. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a big name, um, so that's, that's really cool. Surely you've um, seen Flash Gordon, though, Dave. Oh, like 40 years ago. Oh, my God. It's time for a rewatch, Dave. Yeah, yeah it probably is. It probably is. <laughs> Kylie Minogue, yes, a big deal. But again, by the time she'd left Australia, I was probably only about nine or ten. Um, and again, sort of you being that few years older, I think, makes a difference there. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, a really strong list. What did you make of mine? Oh, look, I think your observation is is quite right. You know, when you started listing some of these people, they're like, oh, yeah, they're from shows that Dave watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, Bill Nye was, was our snap, so let, let's drill down on him. It is only a small role, but Bill Nye had been, well, he's, he still sometimes is, put up for a potential doctor. <laughs> yes. So that, that was always the surprising thing there, that this guy who could have been a doctor, was in the episode. And as I recall, was he dressed like Matt Smith? Did he have a bow tie? I think so, yes. I think he did. So it was almost riffing on him looking like the doctor, if I if I recall. Yeah, and, and some of these cameos, I think that you probably can count him as a cameo, although there were a couple of scenes and they were the most important scenes in the story. So I think that elevates him. As I say, it, it elevated him above Stephen Fry, for example, for me for those reasons, but they would be so easy to do because they're just such good professional actors. You know, I remember, although it's not Doctor Who, seeing Ricky Gervais interviewed about all the big-name celebrity cameos he had in the show Extras. Uh, for example, you know, you get Samuel L. Jackson and you've got you've got him for half a day and you've got to get through three or four scenes. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, right, Mr. Jackson, okay, we're set up, we'll do it. And they do a take and they just go, that was perfect. Like, Samuel L. Jackson is there giving a pitch-perfect performance and Ricky Gervais is standing behind the camera going I, I guess we go again <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know and, and the same when Robert De Niro turned up and, and they had a big scene and Ricky Gervais is going okay you, you need to do this a bit better you need to do this better and Robert De Niro comes up and goes uh, was I okay mm. yeah, yes yeah. you were perfect yeah. you were fine and, and you, you could imagine Bill Nye you know turning up and just just giving that speech and just the director going I don't have to do anything yeah. You know, point a camera at Bill Nye and just let him give this dialogue. Yeah. You also mentioned Julian Glover, who'd been in Doctor Who twice, but did you know he almost made it three times in the Doctor Who? Ooh, that rings a bell, but remind me. Or Orsini in Revelation of the Daleks. Really? Yeah, he was considered for that role. Oh, I'm glad he wasn't because John Gaunt must be so much better for that role. Like, he just became that role. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to see anyone else in it. It's it's one of those roles now. Like when you when you see the Star Wars auditions and these people who could have been Han or Luke or whatever, and you think, oh no, they'd just be terrible. Yet if they were actually in the movie, maybe we would have thought they were fine because we would know no better. Yeah, absolutely. And look, John Gaunt is another really good example of what we were talking about. In that, I now know that John Gaunt is a big name and he'd been the star of series and all the rest of that. And But I, I never saw him in anything else until around about 2000 when he was in the um, the sitcom with Penelope Keith. Uh, oh, what was it called? Um, I can't even remember. Um, oh. um, I can remember the, the opening titles and I can remember um, the premise and I remember enjoying it. Um, but, but 
you know, I didn't know about all the big things that he'd done in the 70s. So it was never like, oh, wow, that's that guy. It was just, he's just a guy. And then you later go, oh, he, he, he's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, it's the same with a lot of these British actors who turn up not only in, in, in sitcoms and all sorts of strange stuff through the 70s and 80s, but to go back to Glover, he's General Veers in Star Wars. Yes. He's uh, Walter Donovan in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. You know, he's in a Bond film, and I can't think of which one it is, but he is in a Bond film. He's in a Harry Potter film, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, any fans of just those movies or franchises to know he was also in doctor who doing this stuff might blow their mind yeah absolutely um the one that really interested me was john cleese because it is it is one scene and it's a small scene but but as you say it it is quite a perfect scene i mean john cleese turns up delivering douglas adams dialogue yes as tom baker walks past with eleanor broad like yes how, how incredible is is it that that happened that's why i say it could only happen in this era i think yeah and and literally just like they're next door do you want to come here sure okay um (laughs) it's it's so so wonderful and 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 i do agree with that comment on the city of death in the discontinuity guide famously that says this show is absolutely perfect just when you think it can't get any better john bloody cleese turns up (laughs) perfect it's true yeah absolutely so we have kind of unusually for us mm-hmm. approached our lists in very very similar ways. I think we've both gone for special guest star. Yes, yes, very much so. What other option would we have though? Well, well, well. The other option that I did play with was you just say best guest star and you go who gave the best performances in Doctor Who, even if they're not particularly well known actors or actresses oh i see i, I now like, i like, know what you mean like anyone who's not a anyone who's not a regular is by definition a guest star yeah but but i think we were sort of both both thinking of it kind of in the sort of the muppet show version of you know you see that you see them with a the big star on the door and 30 seconds to curtain mr cleese you know like that sort of that sort of <laughs> guest star thing you know it, it's like mark hamill suddenly rocking up in the muppets and um you know that sort of thing yeah, so we could say, like, Dursley McLinden is great in Remembrance of the Daleks, but he's not a big actor. No, absolutely, yeah, that, that was the difference we made. But it was just incredible how many there are to pick from, and we've really barely touched the surface. I think oh, God, a, yeah. I think we've done a pretty good job at spreading them right across the show, um, particularly between classic and new, which mm. I know sometimes we do lean more to the classic, but this time we've got a lot of new shows as well, and... It's just a testament to how big this show is. Yeah, we lean into the Doctor Who of our youth. Uh, look, that is certainly true. And, <laughs> and the final point I want to quickly make, because we are rushing up against 20 minute minutes, Ooh, yes. is that you know, with the exception, I think, of Peter Butterworth and uh, Julian Glover, and, and in that case it was only as a secondary character as Richard the First, we really didn't touch on the 60s at all, probably because a lot of those stars weren't big names for us. No, that's um, right. I mean, just look at the Ice Warriors. That has a couple of really big names in there. Bernard Breslau is mm-hmm. underneath all that Ice Warrior makeup. And uh, playing Penley, you've got a very famous actor who I know because he went on to play Ratty in, um, <laughs> in, in Winning the Willows, but he was in 4,700 episodes of Last of the Summer Wine. Um, yes. 
and so famous his name escapes me there you go and there look, you go toby haydoker's made a whole pod- podcast series talking to people who were in doctor who back in those days as well there were some big names big theater people in there big theater people particularly but look we are well and truly out of time mm. so it is time for me once more Here to reach go. over to turlo's hat of wrestling a reminder to our listeners if you would like to put a topic into the hat you are very welcome to email us tweet yes. us let us know and well it's mm. episode 15 next time Rob. okay and we've got the big one. Oh, what have we got top five yeah classic who stories oh my god Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to keep myself to five because if I don't, yeah, all discipline will be lost. Oh, crikey. Okay, I'm starting my list now. Yep, absolutely. I've got my one. I've got two. Uh, no, no. Yeah, we'll make it next time. We'll make it next time. Time is up. I've been Dave. I've been Rob. And we'll make some more lists next month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.